There is no mess, no situation, no circumstance that you're facing right now that is too big for God. And the invitation that the Father extends to every one of us is, will we walk with him through the mess and circumstances of our lives? I'm taking a reading this afternoon from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive grace, uh, mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're starting a new series today, Address the Mess. We're looking at all of the different situations we might find ourselves in and how God can show us a way through the challenges that we are facing. Now, have any of you here ever made a mess? We might say, wow, that was a mess, or my life is a mess, or my circumstances are a mess, and look to the different situations and just wonder, how am I going to resolve these different messes? Maybe you might be in a mess of your own causing. Maybe you have a bit of a, a sharp temper and you let your words fly off the handle a few too, a bit too quickly and create problems and tensions in your... Excuse me, mate. Can you sit down, please? <laughs> causing a distraction, man. Seriously. <clears throat> Where was I? You might be in a mess that's of your own making, a situation, a circumstance where you have, have, have made an error. Maybe you borrowed money from someone and pretended that you were going to pay it back and intended maybe to pay it back, but you ran short of funds and didn't have capacity. So rather than uh, fix that relationship, you hide from the person whenever you see them. Maybe it's a situation where you, you lied to a colleague at, at work and something went wrong and, and people are being blamed, people are being fired, and you're trying to hope that people won't discover that you were integral to the problem. Or maybe it's a situation that was totally outside of your control, a mess where somebody else did something to you. And it might be something uh, simple. Maybe they uh, left you, uh, they were supposed to pick you up from Sainsbury's and you've got all the shopping and they've left you and you have to figure out how to get home with all your shopping. But that's lighthearted. Maybe it's something more serious. Maybe your roommate made off with the deposit for the house and now you don't have a deposit to be able to move in to the new flat that you'd intended to. Maybe uh, somebody has dropped you in it at work and, and blamed you for a situation that you knew nothing about, had no part in, and now you're facing uh, your own job. You might not be able to keep your own job. Or maybe you're in a marriage and somebody uh, has started to become a friend of the family and has uh, got your partner on their side and maybe is causing division in the relationship or even has started an affair in the relationship and you're the party saying, well, I didn't have any part to do with this. This is a huge mess and this is affecting my life. Whether they are situations that we are responsible for or situations that we find ourselves in, I believe that God has some wisdom for us in these contexts because we need to know how to move through a mess. If we stay in a mess, if we stay in a difficult situation, we can end up feeling weighed down. We can end up feeling like there's no possible solution. We can end up isolating ourselves. 
So often when it's a mess of our own causing, what we do is say, you know what, I'm going to withdraw and, and wait till I figure out my own heart, my own situation before I re-engage. And when I've got my life back together, my money back together, my, my circumstances, my housing back together, then I can come back and present a, a perfect image. But the problem of disconnection and withdrawal is loneliness. And we begin to walk about places expecting that everybody sees the mess. So often it can be that we come into church and slip in and sit at the back and say, I hope nobody sees me because I don't want them to see my mess. I don't want them to know that there's stuff going on in my life. Acknowledging that we're in a mess is is one thing. But sometimes it's a challenge when we get confronted with our messes. Other people come and say, what's going on? And we say, well, it may be a mess, but it's my mess. But learning to walk through our messes, the things that we have done, to the other side requires that we have a deep connection or revelation with who God is, hopefully increasingly deeper as we walk with him. And for that to happen, we need to come back to that verse that we would receive from the throne of grace, mercy and grace. Now, mercy is for what went before. Grace is for the new sets of consequences and circumstances that we now face because of the decision we made. And we need both. We need mercy, forgiveness, and we need grace or God's hand with us so we can walk through into the future in a way that glorifies him. Now, there are lots of different examples uh, that we could use, and maybe I've touched on um, some circumstances that you're facing right now. Um, But I really uh, feel that there are sometimes moments where we need to come to a point of reflection and and take things by the horns and deal with them and face our challenges and face our issues. So I really have to deal with this right now. I I just have to have a word with you. Um, I mean, we're in church. We're in church, right? And I know you think you can come to church and do what you want, but this is a house of God. And really, we, we can't just behave as we want in the house of God. You're supposed to come and, and sit down like everybody else and behave yourself. Oh my goodness. What are you doing, man? You preach grace and your life is so judgmental. Why are you saying those things? Like, you're supposed to be a pastor? You're supposed to be a pastor. You're so down. Well, I might, I might be being the pastor, but I'm the one who's right, okay? So you just sit there and you think about what you've done. I can't believe this guy. Can you believe? Can you, can, did you see what he was doing in my sermon before? I was trying to preach the word of God in the house of God. Can, can you see what he was doing? He was trying to distract all of you. I can't believe, I can't, you know, there's no, no space for that in the house of God. No space for distractions. And don't you know who I am, mate? I'm, I'm, I'm a preacher here. Do you need, I, I'll get my card for you. I'll show you my title. Seriously. Just can't. Kids these days. Kids these days. You know, you know where I'm coming from. I mean, he was all wrong. He was totally in the wrong then. And, you know, I, I feel, do you know how much pressure we face when we're up there preaching? Do you know how difficult it is when, when people just begin to distract us? you know how hard it is to do our job? Can you believe, I mean, don't you feel a bit sorry for me? No. <laughs> well, I suppose, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to see him again. So, you know, this is the house of God. All right, mate. Oh, forgive and forget, yeah? Come on, we're brothers, we're brothers. Come on, why are you being weird? Why are you being weird? I mean, this is just a bit of mess. Come on, it, it happens. We lose our temp- tempers from time to time. You know, just 
I know, I know you're trying to look good and stuff, but just, just sit down. <laughs> and there's those moments where, you know, we say to ourselves, hey, you know what, this guy, he's a Christian. He, he should know best, better, you know, he should know that he did something wrong and he should be repentant and seeking to make right with God. And, and when he makes right with God, he should just forgive me because I'm a man of God. He should, just, he should just sort his heart out so when we next see each other, it's all okay. And then there's those moments when we are sitting in our rooms blaming everybody else and accusing everybody else that suddenly the father just comes and lays his hand on his shoulder and just asks, uh, so where was I in all of that? Were you honoring me? The moment I, my heart's calmed down and I've started to be a bit more peaceful before God, I begin to think, you know what, actually, I had something to do with that. Now, I could still try and stir myself up and say, you know what, this guy is all to blame and point the finger at him. I could also, before God, start to say, you know what, that's right, God, you know, I've made such a mess. I feel like such a terrible sinner. I mean, I don't know what to do. Or, as I sit with the Father, he can begin to speak to me about who Jesus is. He can remind me that Jesus is our perfect saviour, the friend of sinners, the one who came to walk with us, the one who came to show us the love of the Father, the one who came to forgive us. And I can remember that there is something that he calls me to do as a Christian when I make a mess. Hey, mate, you know what? I'm so sorry for what was happening before. I lost my temper. I was feeling a bit of pressure. You know, I was a bit harsh with you. I began to say things that were... Spur of, you know, spur of the moment, they didn't mean them. I'm not going to touch your trousers. <laughs> it's okay. Do you forgive me? Yeah, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. I'm sorry. I called you judgmental. I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm sorry as well. It was also my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, thank you, bro. <laughs> the quickest way to solve a mess is by remembering in that moment that the God of mercy has forgiven us and the God of grace has shown us a path forward and yet so often we try to resolve things our own way by ignoring the messes or dancing around the messes. God is always first. He loves us first. He forgives us first, sacrifices for us first, serves us first. And if we're going to imitate God, we need to be people that do what he did. James says it like this, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. When you look in a mirror, when you come to that moment of reflection, when you come to that moment of realization that you have made a mess, start to say, what can I do? Not what do I think about a situation, not what, what I'm attributing blame in other areas, but what can I do myself to walk through this situation? And in that moment, the revealed will of God, Arti was talking about it this morning, is pretty clear. Learn to love, learn to forgive, learn to own your part of the mess. I had to own my part of the mess with Emmanuel. He likes to look sharp and he was covered in all this mess. And I had to own the fact that my words were like vomit that was spewing on him. And in the same way, his words to me were the same sticking, accusing me in my role. And I hope you know that I don't take any of that title stuff seriously and messing around about being a man of God. 
but we're called to own what we do and own how we walk forward. And in that moment, begin to see Jesus for who he is. In that moment where you were clapping, a few of you, it was a moment of freedom, a moment of joy, a moment of reconnection. And the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all come with unveiled, unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord as we are transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. The moment that we start to imitate Jesus in our very real messes, the moment that we start to look for him in the challenges that we're facing, we can begin to see him and be transformed to be like him in our solving of that problem. And that's a situation where we've made the mess. I gave you a second category of mess earlier on when somebody else has caused the mess to happen around us that we have to make do with and we have to find our way through. What do we do in those kinds of contexts? Well, I want to bring us to think about one mess that no matter how hard we could try, we would never be able to clean it up. And that's the mess that Jesus intervened to make a difference in, the mess of our sin. We can try to do the right thing. We can try to honor God. But the reality is, in ourselves, without God, our flesh is weak. Paul talks about this in Romans 8. He's saying the law is good and the law should be able to show us how to live right. But the problem with it is not the law. The problem is us. When we try to do the right thing, we often fail. And that before God is what separates us from him. Our sin separates us from God. So when we were trying to have that awkward moment of reconciliation without really dealing with the forgiveness issue, it wasn't working. When we try to come to God and have some sort of a relationship with him without the forgiveness that comes from receiving what Jesus did at the cross, it doesn't work. But Jesus stepped in to that mess, the very mess of our lives, our brokenness, our situations, our decisions, our choices, our consequences. And he made a way for us to be forgiven. He made a way for us to be made right with the living God. He made a way for every single one of us to become the Father's children. But it begins with us recognizing, you know what, I'm a sinner that needs grace. When I came back to accuse Emmanuel the second time for not having forgiven me, there was no mercy, there was no grace. But when I came to ask for his forgiveness because of what I'd done, there was mercy and hopefully grace for a new journey for us. When we come to Christ, when we receive his forgiveness, there is mercy for that which has gone before. There is mercy for every single sin that you have committed, whether you are able to enunciate it or not. But then there is also grace to move forward from this situation. And every moment you come back to the throne of grace, fresh grace for the new situation that you face. Maybe you today are saying, you know what, I've made such a huge mess of my life and I know Jesus, I can't go back. I don't know where to move forward from here. But Jesus says there's more grace if only you'll come to the throne of grace to get it. If only you'll face the reality of your mess and come boldly to a throne room that is thrown wide open for you and for me so that we can receive what we need to make it forward in, a, in God's way for our life. But maybe you're here today and say, you know what, I don't know Jesus that way. We want to invite you to make a decision at the end of the service to say, you know what, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. I want you to think about that for a few moments just while I uh, finish off with my message. But what do we do about the messes that we find ourselves in that someone else caused? Well, we remember that Jesus stepped into a mess that we caused but could do nothing about. He stepped into somebody else's mess to make a difference. He stepped into your mess 
to make a difference. And when we face situations where it was somebody else's fault, we can freak out and we can say, why is this happening to me? And why have you abandoned me, God? And why have you left me adrift in this situation, God? And God's reply, if we would soften our hearts and ears to hear it, is I haven't abandoned you to this situation. I've brought you to this situation so you can bring mercy and grace. You can be the person in that situation who has been wronged. Start to pray for the person who has wronged you and say, you know what, Father, forgive them. They need your mercy like I needed your mercy. Father, have grace upon them. They need your grace like I needed your grace. The moment we face situations that we had no part in forming, we are positioned powerfully to bring the God, the Father, who we have relationship with into a situation where he can begin to move afresh in new people's lives, in circumstances where they maybe thought there is no God of mercy or grace in heaven, and yet the Father is revealing himself through you. If you'll face your mess and say, Jesus, I need your help in my mess, you are recognizing during that moment of uncomfortable reflection, that moment when you realize that you had a part to play in that situation, you're recognizing that there is someone who will walk through that situation with you. And more than that, every situation you face from now on, he will walk with you and act through you to the people around you to make a difference. You're just one decision, one great decision away from manifesting the kingdom of God through your life. And that decision involves saying, that was my mess. I need to do something about it. I need to reach out to my brother or sister that I've spoken badly to. I need to reach out to the person that I've broken relationship with. I need to reach out regardless of how they are going to initially react. I don't want to say anything because I don't want them to take advantage. I don't want them to say anything so they feel like they have the upper hand. I don't want to say anything because they might feel like I'm somebody they can walk all over. None of those things are what God is calling you to. God is calling you to be someone that stands for him in a difficult situation, to be somebody that risks being hurt first so that you can be a blessing to that person in the long run, someone that risks that initial bad reaction so that in two, three, four, five days, two, three, four, five months down the line, they come back to you and they say, you know what? How you spoke to me that day, how you brought mercy and grace, they might not use the words, but the meaning, the heart, how you brought that into this situation has made me reflect on my own life. I've taken a look at myself. I've seen myself in the mirror. It's not something that I like. Can you tell me about this Jesus that you're following? That's an opportunity every single one of us has when we face our mess, but look to walk through it with Jesus.